Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis, and know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm with you. I'll, I'm happy to be with you. I just, I, I got to find a new opening, you know, so if anyone out there listening has any thoughts on something I could say besides, hey, I'm happy to be with you. I mean, I, it's true, but... You know, I'm start, I feel like I'm starting to say the same thing every episode. So I'm think, trying to think of something new and exciting. Is there a way to make this new and exciting? I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out. But in the meantime, I have a guest with me today. His name is Kyle Grappone. And Kyle reached out to me to say he was interested in being on the show. And I love when that happens because it shows that a person real has, you know, has a, a drive to want to share their experience and their thoughts and all of that. So I'm just excited to dive into it with him. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me on the show. I'm very excited to do this. I've been looking forward to it. Cool. So let's get right into it, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Sure. So, you know, my story is, uh, you know, a little little bit like people have heard before, maybe a little bit not. Uh, you know, when I grew up, uh, I was not, you know, I was not overweight, so I did not really have that problem. I think uh, where it kind of started for me was... You know, I grew up in a household where we ate healthy and we controlled portions, but I don't know if I ever really learned those lessons on why you do those two things. So when I entered college, um, I, I, I stopped doing that. I stopped eating healthy. I stopped controlling my portions. And as a result, I put on probably a good about 60, 65 pounds um, in college. And, and I will honestly say that the majority of that was my fault. You know, I'm not going to blame anybody else. Uh, so I did that, uh, lost most of it after college, and then COVID hit. Um, and around the same time of COVID, I also had um, my first child, and I put a lot of it back on. But again, I, I really, if I'm being honest with you, like, yeah, COVID played a little role. Yeah, my daughter being born played a little role. But at the end of the day, it was really me kind of getting away from the lessons that I had learned, so to speak. Uh, so I put a lot of that weight back on and now I'm in the middle of putting it off. I've lost 30 pounds so far this year. And the reason I wanted to kind of come on this show is I have a lot of, I think, interesting opinions on weight loss and, and the things you see on social media and the products being sold and whatnot. And I think that my journey and the things that I've done to get to this point could probably be uh, pretty useful to people who are in a similar situation. Which I'm, I'm excited to dive into, man, and like looking at, you know, because I think you had on something that's important, and that's that idea that there are times where circumstances are involved with the ups and downs on these journeys. 
but it's, it always comes back to behavior, you know, at the end of the day, like whether there's a pandemic going on or not, you know, because if you look at it, you know, especially even go through even some of the past recent guests I've had on the show, there are people that during the pandemic put on a ton of weight. And there are people during the pandemic who use that time as their like launching point for losing weight. Like, so it's not that that circumstance put the same thing on everyone. You know, it's about our reactions and the choices we make during that time. And, uh, and, you know, and all of those pieces. So it's interesting to hear that. Like I, I'm curious, like, cause I, I think you hit on something also with that idea, you know, knowing that you didn't grow up big, but you put on weight in college because you're, you know, the structure of your life changed, you know, being in a home where portions were controlled and that information was there, but you didn't necessarily have that understanding of, why different things, you know, the impact of those different choices and those behaviors, they just were what they were. And then you get into that environment where those restrictions are gone. And it, you know, I don't say restriction in that, like you were, you know, punishing weight or anything, you know, at the end of the day, every day, you know, anything along those lines, but more from that place of, I think you, we see it in a lot of people, like once, you know, college is a place of freedom that leads a lot of people in a lot of different directions that they didn't think they were going to go in. Um, you know, once all those choices are in their own hands, like, what do you think, you know, for you, you know, what was going through your head when you were putting, when you put that weight on? Was it shock? Was it, I don't know why this has happened. Like, where was, where was it all at for you mentally during that time? Does that question make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think in college, it kind of snuck up on me very quickly because, you know, I was, I was having such a good time and I don't think I really realized it. And when I did realize it, I just, there was always so much going on that, I didn't really realize how it happened or why it happened. And I think that it took a long time after the fact for me to realize that, you know, again, one of the things, and, I, and this is for whatever reason, this is a distinct memory that, you know, has stuck with me over the years. When I was, you know, younger, my parents would always say, I remember this is specifically them saying this once, we don't take a bag of chips into the den to watch television. We put it into a bowl. And the reason that they wanted me to do that was because as a child, if you're not careful, you know, you can eat the whole bag, right? I mean, even as an adult, you can eat the whole bag. Um, there were times as a child where I would want more snack and my parents, it's not like my parents were starving me, but they would say, listen, you had a bowl of pretzels. We're going to eat, we're going to eat dinner in a few hours. And like, so they looked out for me and they were a healthy family. And I know that like subconsciously, I'm sure there were days where my mom was like, well, you know, we had uh, burgers last night, so let's have some steak tonight. But I never learned those lessons. You know, I think they were probably being taught to me, but I just never retained them. So I didn't realize what was happening that I was putting on this weight because I was living, you know, moment to moment. So I would eat lunch and I wouldn't think about what did I have yesterday? What did I have tomorrow? It was like, I can have burger. I can have a burger and French fries every day for lunch. So I'm going to do that. I can have ice cream every day for lunch <laughs> afterwards. So I'm going to do that. Um, I can go out. You know, I think another thing was when you're in college, you can go out on a, on a quote unquote school night, right? Like when you're home in high school and middle school, like sometimes it's a little more difficult because you have parents. So it was just like the, all of these things that I never really learned how to have a proper relationship with food. And then when I wasn't, when I was unsupervised in college, that's when all of these things started to happen. And it really wasn't until... You know, after I graduated, it wasn't like I graduated and I was like, oh, I have to do something about this. It was several years later when I was in a bathroom. And I, to this day, I don't know what it was about that moment 
But I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, uh, I literally said, I was like, something has to change. I was like, because this is getting ridiculous. And I proceeded over the next nine or 10 months to lose a lot of weight. That being said, you know, kind of jumping further in the story, that nine or 10 month period where I was, I was losing three to four pounds a week and I was, you know, I was losing a lot of weight and it was, it was falling off and everything was great. And at the time it was wonderful because I lost like 50 pounds in 10 months and you know, and I looked great and the doctor was happy and everything was going well. But again, the problem was, was that I didn't actually learn how to do anything for the long term because in the moment I was still living at home. So it wasn't, so I could control all of my meals. I wasn't sharing that with a significant other. I wasn't sharing that with a child. I could, I worked at a job where, you know, the culture of the job was everybody kept to themselves. So there were no parties. There was no cake. There was nowhere to go on lunch. Every day on lunch, I used to go down to the gym that they had in the basement. Um, and again, I never got into a real habit of going to the gym. As odd as this sounds, like when you're going on your lunch every day, you're going to the gym because you have nothing else to do. Then you, then I left that job and I went to another job where I couldn't go to the gym during the day and I stopped going to the gym because I never learned how to actually insert it into my life. You know, and then I moved in with my, my now wife and I had my child and I never really learned those things. So this time around, I'm losing weight, maybe like half a pound a week, one pound a week, as opposed to the three to four a week I was years ago, but I'm much happier with how this is going because I, I know that what I'm doing now never really has to end because it's very manageable and that what I was doing wasn't very manageable at all and I didn't I didn't that I didn't even realize until kind of this time around which is which is an important realization like I think you know and, and it's one of those things that goes back to that idea that people can lose weight doing anything you know for a certain amount of time like we can you know white knuckle through things we can put ourselves through challenges and when the eye, you know, when our thought isn't on, you know, how do we sustain this for the rest of our lives? You know, how does this become like habit? You know, that that part of the discussion, because it's also it's just often not discussed. Like it's do that, you know, it's do this 90 day challenge. And at the end of the 90 days, you're transformed. Like, but are you like, do you learn the lessons along the way? Like, you know, some people do. And that's great. And then some people don't like. So it is about getting to that place of having to learn what's best for you and get through it. And, you know, I think that's, and that's the part, like, cause sometimes people, you know, I'll, I'll talk to some, some guys who, you know, I, whether I reach out to them or we're just talking and I'm like, it would be great for you to come on the show and share your experience. And they're like, well, I was never 500 pounds. I was never 400 pounds. Like I don't have a story to tell. And I'm like, well, most people out there were never 400 or 500 pounds. They went through experiences like you're talking about, you know, where different changes in their life impacted the choices they were making and because they weren't conscious added up to putting on weight and it was something that they had never dealt with before and like going through all of that like so i think there's something highly relatable to the experience that you're talking about like what you know this this round of you know kind of like coming through like knowing that you went through that experience of losing losing that weight not really kind of making those learning those lessons of sustainability or how to maintain or anything along those lines like and then going through it again and being in the thick of it now what was different on your end in terms of your approach to to making change i think my it's a very good question i think my biggest approach was 
not focusing on, you know, how much weight can I lose in a year? More focusing on, like, I've almost, back in January, I kind of said, I want to lose 50 pounds in two years. And I think a lot of people would hear that and be like, two years, like, I want to lose 50 pounds in three months or four months. And, and I get that. And that's fine. Like, I don't, I won't comment on that because everybody I think is different, but I know for myself, when I looked at this year and I said, well, can I lose half a pound a week? I knew that most weeks I could lose more than half a pound, but I also knew there were going to be weeks that just, you know, whether you're on vacation, whether you have a, a wedding, whether you have something where you kind of have to compensate for that. So this time around, it was not so much how much weight can I lose by the end, but can I be consistent about it? That's one. But really what was different this time around was not so much looking at the scale. I really had to look at, you know, why am, answer the question of why am I overweight? Like if you're overweight in most cases, like there's a reason for it. doesn't mean you're a bad person, but like there, we have, there are reasons. Like you have done things like you either have habits or you've made choices and you have to kind of identify them. And that's, and this is the thing, like this approach is incredibly unique to the individual. So that's why you don't see it being sold very often. Because when people are selling you products, it has to be a one-size-fits-all. So if something is super unique to one individual, that's not scalable. You know, I work in marketing, so I understand these approaches probably better than the average person. And for me, it was about, you know, what am I doing that is putting me in the situation where I'm overweight? And I think one of the things I realized was it wasn't about cutting out a bunch of stuff. It wasn't about, you know, over-restriction. One thing was about, you know, I realized that I could probably eat almost anything I wanted to. All I had to do was just actually eat a normal sized portion. Like look at the back of a bag and say, what is the portion here? Now, yes, sometimes the portions can be very misleading. But I'll give you an example. I would say when I did this the first time around, I just stopped eating French fries. This time around, when I look at the bag of French fries, I realized, hey, you know what? I can eat 20 french fries and well fit into my calorie goal without a problem because the problem for me wasn't eating french fries it was eating too many french fries and then dipping them in too much ranch sauce and putting too much salt on them so it's like a little more now i'm realizing things were a little more complex like it's not so much oh i can't eat this it's like well you can but you need to kind of like think about how much of it that you're eating and i'm very excited because I look at, you know, I made a list of kind of habits I wanted to reverse and I'm pretty much reversed all of them. So now when I get on the scale, if it doesn't move the way I want it to move, I'm kind of like, you know what, I'm okay with that because I know it's going to move eventually because I know what I'm doing is working and I know that I'm doing, I know that I'm reversing the things that need to be reversed. And I think that first piece about having to ask that question of why am I why am I at where I'm at is like you said people don't want to people don't want to ask that question you know I, I deal with that a lot with with clients that I work at like they want you know individuals as human beings we want a one size fits all answer because we want that you know that quick resolve we want it to be quick and easy and we don't want to have and to we want to blame to it and we also want to blame something else like a lot of times the way diets are pitched is well you're not the reason you're fat you know and, and i don't like that word fat but like that is the word that gets thrown around like you're not the reason that you're overweight like it's because of 
you know, A, or it's because of B, it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because the new thing is your insulin levels. I something I saw something getting pitched about that. And again, may some people do probably have that issue, but a lot of times it's people want to know that. And also people want to be told exactly what to do. That's why some of these diets, like I, I think it's called Optivia or mm-hmm. something like that. Optivia, or, yep. Optavia, thank you. Yep. Um, you know, I've looked into it, not because I ever wanted to do it, but because I just like being educated on this stuff. And it's like, they'll tell you exactly what to do. And my, my concern's always been with myself, has been, if I do that, what happens when it's over? Because nothing changed for me, and I'm just going to go back to what I was doing ahead of time, what I was doing before. Oh, it's... It- long-term sustainable success regardless of where a person is starting from has to come from that place of being open to learning and growing and changing and when a person says i just you know especially you know and and i think you see that like when someone's like i have 20 pounds to lose for a wedding or i was actually on a in a facebook group i'm in a you know i check in on a couple different facebook groups and there was someone today who was like i'm going to disney world with my family in november so I want to lose 20 pounds before November so I can go to Disney World. And it's like we have these goals that are not about, you know, like you said, like not about the whys of behavior or the choices I'm making, but just tell me what to do so I can physically change my body to get to this place. And then I can go back to doing what I was doing before. You know, I want to be able to, you know, if I'm, and this is the thing that gets me, you know, the, the thing that gets kind of like in my, gets my ire going is when someone promises someone, you know, you see, and you see this a lot, you know, I think I see this more, you know, on on social media right now, the promise of, I'm going to show you how to eat all of your favorite foods without restricting them at all. And I'm going to show you how to do that. And it's realizing that for some people, for some people, is that possible? Yes. For some people, is it possible? No. Like, for that person who has those 20 french fries and then it lights a fire inside of them to just eat french fries until they're going to pass out, like they're dealing with a different situation than the person who hadn't thought about how they were treating those french fries, you know, what that was like. Like it's understanding that we all gain at the end of the day, while there can be similarities and stories, we all go through a unique individual experience of, of putting on our weight. You know, I, I've had guys on the show that were the exact same highest weight, you know, whether they were 400 pounds, 450 pounds, but they got to that place for completely different reasons. So getting away from that place took completely different paths. And accepting that your path is going to have to be individual, I think is just an important first step. And then like you you kind of went on then to talk about, it was figuring out for yourself, not just what is my quote unquote end goal, but what can I do in a way that is going to allow me to continue this path of growth and learning and do it in, in a way that isn't about just racing, but it's about seeing sustainable habit change. Cause I would love to talk about what were the habits you identified that you needed to change, but you know, get to that, you know, when we're able to talk about that. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, yeah, we can, we can jump into habits for sure. Well, because I just, I just think, you know, the, the point I didn't want to be, have missed is that having that individual starting point is important and don't be afraid to have that. Don't look for someone to just hand you a piece of paper that tells you everything to do to lose the 25 pounds, to lose the 100 pounds. Like, 
understand, look into what you're doing, understand how it's going to fit into your life, understand the, what it's going to be like for you once that, you know, I, I think an important question to ask when you're trying anything is, so what happens if I, once I lose weight, like, where do I go from here? Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And I think it also kind of it rolls into, you know, is what you're doing now something that you want to be doing indefinitely? Is this the type of person that you can see yourself being over a long period of time? Because going back to the example of I want to lose 20 pounds by November, like I've for myself, the moment I've ever said I want to lose X amount of pounds by one date, it's over. I immediately fall off and can't do it because the pressure is just, it's too, it's too much. Um, and again, if you're trying to lose weight to look good for something, at some point you're going to be like, ah, forget it. Like, I don't care about that anymore. So it's like, you have to say like, well, why do you want to lose weight? Like, why do you um, want to get healthier? And I think even that is two different things, right? Losing weight and being healthy. I think, I don't even think, that, I think you can make an argument that those two things they go together, but they are two different goals sometimes because you can go like I belong to a strength training gym and there are weeks where I don't lose any fat, but I put on muscle. I do lose fat. The, the weight, the scale doesn't go down because I've lost a pound of fat, but I put on a pound of muscle. Um, I think that if you if all you do is just, you know, be in a calorie deficit, but you're not eating you know, nutritious foods when doing that and you're never working out, you're never moving, you're going to lose weight, but you still might not be healthy. Um, so I think that getting very clear about your goals is, is really important. And I, like you said, I think habits are, are something that like, for me, I had a very bad habit of, um, using dinner time as like an excuse to, you know, do something fun. So like, I was always the one that was like, let's go out to dinner. Let's go out for drinks. Let's order, let's order out. And I was using that as kind of an excuse because maybe I wasn't being fulfilled during the day from, you know, career wise, or the day wasn't very exciting. And the idea of having a regular dinner wasn't exciting for me. So a lot of times I would look at, I would look at myself and I'd be like, you know, why can't I lose weight? I'm, I'm eating healthy. You know, well, yeah, I'm, I'm eating a, a, a balanced breakfast and I'm eating a, a solid, healthy lunch and I'm, I've controlled the snacking, but you know, dinner time, you're, you're three or four nights a week, you're getting takeout and you're going and doing all these things. So that was a big habit for me when I decided that I wasn't going to, that I was only going to eat takeout, you know, two times, two nights a week, but in most weeks, I mean, some weeks is, it, it's, it's inevitable. You're going to, you're going to get more takeout, right? But like two times a week, like immediately I started to see a difference. So that's just one example of one habit that, um, you know, I'm, that I was, you know, that I did, that I used. I think another habit was going back to what I mentioned earlier was if I have a snack, being mindful of how much of how much am I eating, how much am I putting in the bowl. But again, like those are things that are very specific to me. So if you're like listening to this, for example, and you're like, well, I always eat a healthy dinner. Don't think of it as dinner. Think of it as, well, what meal are you maybe not as disciplined on? You know, um, for example, like I'll, I'll give another example. I, you know, I've never had a sweet tooth. So for me, um, if I say, oh, I, I haven't had sweets or I didn't eat sweets or I didn't do that, like that's not really a win for me because I never really ate sweets anyway. So, but for me, my version of sweets is salty foods. Mm -hmm. So if I'm controlling the salty foods and I'm being disciplined with that, 
that's how that's kind of a habit that's helping me to lose weight but i'm making that very unique to me but again like i'm not going on a diet where i'm never going to have salty foods again because i know firsthand that's going to backfire like at some point i'm going to want that i'm going to really want it because i've been depriving myself of it but now i've been kind of able to wean myself to a point where i can eat it you know within portion control which it makes sense and it's good that you're able to it, I think it's good that you're able to identify those unique habits to yourself that you needed to work on. And I think that's the, that's the key for every person, you know, is to go through that exercise of, you know, what are the things I'm doing right now? Like maybe, ba- let me, let me back that up for a second. Cause I, I think when I have these conversations with people, you know, in, a, in the context of trying to help them find the right thing for themselves, you know, we, we will, we'll talk a lot at first about why, making change is important to them, you know, what their purpose is, what, what is the intention behind what they're doing? And, you know, what are the things that they're doing right now that work against those intentions? Like going, being able to identify for yourself, what are the unique pieces? Because it, it's not, like you said, you don't have a sweet tooth. The person with the sweet tooth, that is going to be something that they look at. Like understanding that there's, there's unique variants there and that that's okay. You know, being okay with that, being okay with the fact that, you know, there's someone listening who doing exactly what you did might not be the right thing for, but the the lesson isn't about saying you have to do exactly what this person did. It's about being able to navigate those waters to find out what is going to be the best thing for you. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think it really comes down to um, knowing your own situation. So I totally agree with that. And I think... Um, and I think that's part of the part of the issue I see sometimes with some of these diets. And I think overall, like the reason I think it's some people can struggle so much to lose weight is there's so much information out there and there's so many different products and there's so many different ways to go. And for me, like I've never done one specific thing. Like I've kind of cherry picked from a number of different like quote unquote diets. Like for example, like I've never done Weight Watchers, but I've adapted the idea of, okay, if I know I'm going to be eating this later, maybe I shouldn't eat this now. And if I know I'm going to be eating this on Saturday, or I know the weekend is going to be this, maybe I should be that, right? Like this loose idea of, of, of counting points. Because at the end of the day, counting points is kind of like kind of calories, I, I, if I understand that system correctly. Um, so I've adopted that. I've never done keto, but... When I first was doing this, I read an article, and I don't, you know, at this point, I don't know if this is true or not, but I chose to believe it. I read an article that said, if you, if your body, if your body needs energy, it feeds on the sugar. If you don't have sugar, it feeds on the fat. Now, is that true? I read it nine years ago, and I chose to believe it. But what happened was, I examined my diet, and I saw that I was eating a ton of sugar. So, I'm very conscious when I read labels about the sugar content, the carb content. Now, I'm, I'm not, I don't do keto, I still eat carbs, but I kind of adapt that idea of keep in mind how much sugar is in something. And not even so much carbs, it really is sugar. I think that's something that I found, as somebody who doesn't have a sweet tooth, I was still consuming a lot of sugar. And now I look at a lot of things and I, there's a lot of things I put back So I'm like, this is just too much sugar. Um, but again, like that's just something I've kind of like kind of cherry picked and you just cherry pick different things that work for you. Um, 
And but you ha- kind of have to feel confident in doing that. Like I think some people are probably like, you know, it's hard for me to even know what to cherry pick. I need somebody to tell me exactly what to do, which I think is fine in the beginning. But at some point, that person is not going to be there forever. Like. That's why, like, sometimes I see coaches that say, like, you know, send me pictures of your food every day or log your food. And I've never done that, so I can't speak to whether or not that works or not. But I know for me personally, like, I, before I can even do that with somebody, I need to defeat my own bad habits or this is just going to be a temporary thing. No, understood. And one thing that's in there that you said that I think, I think every human being who struggles with weight issues could benefit from that is a universal thing is reading labels, like getting to the point that you actually flip over the package or, or understand the nutritional content of something that you're eating. Cause I think as a whole, as a culture, we don't understand, like there's a, it was funny that you brought up, you know, portioning French fries earlier. Cause there's a meme where, you know, it's like a person in the, in some video at some point said, you know, you can have, you know, 12 French fries is a healthy portion. And then the, you know, the next frame of the meme is the person saying, you know, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Like, <laughs> I think, I, I think understand it, you know, like I, I was watching a video from someone that I follow today where he was just talking about, you know, just nighttime snacking was kind of the theme of it, but he was using Oreos as an example. And he's like, if you, if you want to sit down and have a portion of Oreos, do you look at, let's flip the package over. So it's two Oreos have you ever had just two or, you know, he goes, I've never had just two Oreos. He goes, maybe you have, but I have never done that. He goes, let's look at how many Oreos I used to have. Like just that idea that we don't understand the, you know, and yes, you know, we could also go off on a tangent probably about how portions are manipulated on products so that the numbers look good on the label, but having an understanding though, you know, but if you know that I normally eat X amount of this food and that's really five portions, quote unquote, according to the nutritional label of that food, I can do the math and see, okay, this is how much I'm eating. You know, having the being willing to actually read and understand those things, I think is, is a base skill habit that every person could benefit from, regardless of what path they were taking and what approach they're taking to their nutrition. Like having an understanding of your food and the nutritional content of it is something that's just so important. Like, and it's not to say that one ingredient is good and one ingredient is bad or one number is good and one number is bad, but are you looking at them? Do you have an understanding of them? Can you say, okay, I get that. Like you had to like, say like, I get that I was eating too much of, you know, too much of that or putting too much of this on that. Like getting to the point that you can have that understanding, I think is something that every person could, could take something good away from. It's why it's one of the kind of base tenets for me with anyone I'm talking to is like, do you know what you're eating? Like, are you conscious of what you're eating? Like, do you have an understanding of just what you're doing right now? Like what that, what your day looks like? Cause I think we also get mindless around some things like, because we want to continue enjoying something or we have patterns and habits built up. So for yeah. you, no, go ahead. I didn't want to. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Cause I was going to say, like, I think part of like identifying the habits that you need to change is also what are the habits that you needed to put into place? Like, how did you go about figuring out the things that you needed, you know, the habits that you needed? So what I did was I looked at my entire day. And this is what I started doing back in January. 
Um, because again, I'm not sure what the moment was, but well, actually, no, I really shouldn't say. This. So last July, I joined a strength training gym here in New Jersey called Sets, um, and it has been <laughs> the the phrase life changing is sounds dramatic, but it's been it's been transformational. Um, and I would encourage anyone that is thinking about uh, exercising to find themselves a class based gym. Because the community there, first of all, I don't think people understand that some of the nicest people I've met have been at gyms. Um, I've been very overweight and gone to a gym, and I've never felt anything but welcomed, even by the most fit people. And I'm sure that that doesn't happen everywhere. I'm sure there are some mean people at gyms. But I would say for the most part, um, it's a very welcoming community because no matter where they are in their journey, if they see you there, they have respect for the fact that you're, you're there and that you're trying something. Um, but I joined this you know, strength training gym last year, found this community, and I did it from July to December, and I made a lot of progress in some areas, but the weight stayed the same. And that's when I said, okay, I said, we have a, an issue here we need to solve because I've been busting my butt in this gym and the reason I'm not losing weight is because I'm not matching it with my nutrition. So in January, I kind of looked at my whole day and I said, okay, I said, first, you know, first thing we need to do is we need to have, um, you know, for myself, you know, we need to have a clean, you know, balanced breakfast. And for me, that was, we got to keep this breakfast around 400 calories. Now I'm small, I'm a smaller guy. Um, you know, I'm five, five. So if you're a bigger guy, you can eat more calories. So you got to have to make it for yourself. Um, but also, I mean, I will, I will back up for a second. When I decided to count calories, I read a lot about you should take your goal weight and times it by 12. So for even numbers purposes, when I do that, that means I can have 2,400 calories in a day. For myself, my app is at 1,900. So there's a 500 calorie window. And you may say, well, why is that? Because at a 500 calorie window, I can now go through my day and count calories and I don't stress if I mouth a little bit because I've built in that, you know, that went that, that kind of overlap. So if I end the day at night and I've counted 1900, but I was off somewhere and I'm actually at 2100 or 2200, well, I'm still three, I'm still two, one to 200 calories under anyway. So that to me was a big deal because you can't, and unless you make every single meal that you eat, which for most of us is just not reasonable, you can't necessarily count every single thing that's in every single meal. You kind of have to do some guesstimating. So immediately I said, okay, so I'm going to shoot for 1900. And then again, sometimes I'm at the end of the day and I'm like, oh, I'm at 1950 or I'm at 2000. But I'm like, one, I'm still in a calorie deficit. And I worked out this morning and I burned like three, 400 calories doing that. So I'm in a good spot, right? So I said to myself, I said, breakfast, breakfast was never really a big deal for me. So while I looked at it, I didn't necessarily count it as a win because it was never somebody that I've never gone out and gotten a breakfast sandwich in the morning, like on a regular basis. Like sometimes on the weekends I will, but I've never been one of those people to pick one up before going to work. And if you do that, maybe that's something you should look at. Again, it comes down to your personal situation. But I was like, I need to eat first. I realized I need to eat breakfast because when I don't eat breakfast, lunch goes off the rails because I'm starving. So every morning I have to eat breakfast. It has to be around 400 calories, high in protein, throw some fruit in there, 
Um, stay away from you know the sugary cereals. Stay away from the sugary, you know, those quote unquote fruit bars that are super sugary. Stay away from all of that. So that was to me win number one. If I can do that, the day started with a win. Then I move into snacking before lunch. I shouldn't. There's no reason for me to do that. With the way my day is, you know, I don't wake up super early like some people. The way my day operates, I don't need to snack before lunch. So if I don't snack before lunch, that's the second win. Then lunch should be a protein and some sort of side. Sometimes it's vegetables. Sometimes it's potato chips. But again, it's a, it's a handful of potato chips. It's not the massive mound that I used to eat. Um, and again, if that's around the five 600 calorie mark, sometimes a little more, that's another win. Um, one of the things I actually started doing was actually having an afternoon snack. Normally, I wouldn't have that, but then I was so hungry at dinner time that, again, it would go off the rails. So we're talking about a snack. It's usually a salty snack because I like salty foods. That's usually, can we keep that around, you know, 1 to 200, 250 calories um, and, and one snack. So that's another win. And then dinner, the rule I have is, you know, two or three nights in a row of homemade food, one night of takeout or restaurant food. But again, and I'll put a huge disclaimer on that last part. I don't do that all the time. Like there are some weeks, like we, I'll share this story. My wife will kill me if she listens to this. But, you know, we had a, uh, we had a week a couple weeks ago where we defrosted steak and then we pulled the steak out. And I don't know how long that steak was sitting in the freezer, but it did not look good. So we had to toss it. And then the next night we defrosted chicken. And I don't know how long that was sitting in the freezer. But again, I'm just like, I'm not taking any chances. So two nights in a row we had to get takeout because it was already 5.30 and there was really nothing else to make. And, you know, we ended up going to the freezer and, and kind of cleaning a lot of stuff out. Um, but again, that was a week where it just happens, right? But for me, if I can, you know, Monday, Tuesday, you know, be in a calorie deficit, you know, eat homemade food, you know, do all of that. Then on a Wednesday or Thursday night, you know, I'll, I'll get takeout. Um, you know, as far as takeout is concerned, one of the big things that has helped me was I went from eating a takeout type dinner on Friday, Saturday, Sunday night to just doing it on Saturdays to making my own dinner on Friday and Sunday nights. And most times my wife will order something for herself because she doesn't have these issues. Like she's, always had portion control. She's always been, you know, fit. Um, so she can, she can eat more takeout than I can. But a lot of times on a Friday and a Sunday, I will make my own food. But that's something you have to plan for. Like you have to make sure you go to the store and get, you know, the chicken sausage. Um, you know, I love chicken sausage. I mean, so many different flavors now. Um, you know, I'll eat a lot of that or like turkey burgers or something like that. But again, if I follow that rule, um, you know, that's another win. Um, I think drinking alcohol is another big thing that for me, I was doing, I don't want to say a lot of, because that kind of gives the wrong, you know, inclination, mm -hmm. but like enough where it was throwing me out of that calorie deficit, but also with alcohol, I think what alcohol does is like, not only does it, you know, it kind of, you know, it can kind of lean you towards not eating a great dinner if you're drinking it before dinner. It can kind of lead towards more snacking if you're drinking after dinner. But then you don't sleep great, so you might not have the energy to go to the gym the next day. And then you're dehydrated, so that makes you more hungry the next day. So like, I'm definitely not telling anybody don't drink alcohol because I still do. But that was something for me. I was like, if I have a, if I drink on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night, my whole next day is is 
is, is wiped out. So if I can say I'm going to drink one night a week, you know, and I do it on a Saturday because I know I don't go to the gym on Sunday, like those are the kind of things. So I looked at my whole day and said, those are my wins. That's what I need to do. And if I can check those off, if I can do every single one of those or almost every single one of those five or, you know, four or five times a week in the beginning and then five or six times a week on good weeks, that's where you start to see the progress um, over time. And I will say that, you know, I lost, I don't remember the exact numbers, but from January to April, I lost a good amount of weight and then kind of came back down to earth because the weather starts to get warmer and there's more things to do. So I think that's another thing that I have to kind of realize is the summer I kind of plateaued because there's so much to do. And now that the fall is here, it's starting to pick back up because it's a little easier to control all of that. Understood. I'm curious, Kyle, like, because it, it's it's very clear to me listening to you talk about your experiences and what you're doing that you made yourself open to what you needed to learn, you know, and apply for yourself and the individualistic side of it for you. Like, what do you think it was that set you up to be willing to do that? Like, to really be able to dig into what you were doing and not just look for that surface answer. I think it was a couple things. I think it was one, at one point, I just wasn't feeling good on a daily basis. And, you know, I'm 36 years old and I shouldn't be feeling like that. Um, and, you know, my, my I've always had a good doctor's report. I've always had good blood work. So it's not, I knew I wasn't like quote unquote sick, but I realized that like you, you, you feel like crap because you're eating crap, right? So I think like part of it was, I was like, I'd like to feel better. I'd like to have more energy. But also, you know, I think one of the things was to be honest with you, like I don't want to be, and this is going to sound a little controversial, but I don't want to be one of those stereotypical fathers um, that are standing, you know, on the sidelines of their kid's soccer game, you know, with the big belly and the, the big clothes and I just, I didn't want that because I don't want that type of, you know, to be that type of, you know, role model or lack of role model for my kids. Like I, I, cause I don't want them to have to go through what I went through with this. So I want them to see me not as necessarily somebody who's super fit, but just somebody who's just regular fit, you know, decently healthy. Um, and I think, I think that's, that's part of it. But also I think part of it was just realizing that, you know, I have to, I have to, I don't, I think, I think what one of the big things I realized was that like, you did this to yourself, right? And I know that probably sounds very harsh, but it's not like, um, you know, I have some sort of, you know, medical issue that makes it difficult to lose weight or it's not like I'm, you know, constantly on the go. So I have to be always eating takeout or I don't have a lot of money. So I have to eat cheap crappy foods or something like that. Like I have all of the resources and time and energy to actually do this correctly. The reason that you're the reason I wasn't doing it was because, you know, it was a mixture of being lazy and also kind of just being in denial about what I needed to change. So that's when I kind of looked at it this year. And I also kind of realized, you know, my daughter is two years old now. At some point we will have more children. I was like, so there's a window in my opinion when you can, really make significant life changes because at some point you get to a point in your life where it's very difficult to do new things. You kind of have to run the things that you're doing. So I've spent this entire year building habits that 
I can now run on autopilot. I mean, I've found myself on a few different times over the last just few weeks making decisions that like, I'm just like, I can't believe I just made that decision because the old me would have, you know, would not have made that decision. Like I think even today, like I had, you know, a lunch planned for today. Um, you know, I, in the beginning of the year, I planned all my meals for about three months and then it got to a point where I kind of just was able to just do it in my head. But I had a meal planned for today and I was out and about and I, there was a lot of different options for food that frankly tastes better than what I ate. Not that what I ate was bad, but I mean, let's be honest, like there's a lot of food that just tastes better than leftovers. Um, and I didn't do it because I knew what was important to me and I knew where I was in the week and what I was doing. Um, and I think that that's something that took a long time and now all of a sudden I do it and I don't realize that I'm doing it. Um, but I think the reason that I want to do it is because I feel better, you know, I look better and I, and I've never really been somebody that's cared so too, too much about the way I look, which is a good and bad thing. Um, but you know, like I said, I look better, I feel better. Um, you know, I am going to this gym that I love going to and I'm spending a decent amount of money on it. So to not match that up with proper nutrition kind of feels like a waste of money. Um, and also, you know, and then it becomes, you know, I have more energy to be, you know, with, with my daughter and, and play with her. But also, like, I know it makes my parents happier to see me more healthy. So it's just an over, it becomes an overall quality of life thing. But I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it's, it's going well now, but in the beginning, both times, it, it is, it is hard. And I think one of the things that nobody talks about with weight loss, and maybe they aren't, I'm just not listening, but is losing weight is, it can, it's painful. Not necessarily in the sense of like shooting pains, but like there's been times where like I've miscalculated calories and I didn't eat enough and I'm like super starving. And then there are times where like when I first did both times, when I first did this, I went through a week or two where I, I had headaches, um, I was in the bathroom a lot, and that's your body kind of detoxing a lot of the bad stuff out of you. And again, if this happens to you for more than a few days, you know, obviously seek medical attention. But for me, both times, like, I could feel my body detoxing. And like, if you're used to using food as like a coping mechanism or for stress or for anything like that, and then all of a sudden you're not doing that anymore. Now it's like, well, now you have to face your stress head on. And now you have to go through possible, um, you know, possible, you know, sugar withdrawals or fat withdrawals and all that type of stuff. And it can be very uncomfortable. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to get going. And then it's, and then you slowly starts to get a little easier, but it's very easy because you can just kind of go back to, you know, what was more comfortable. Um, so that's the thing that I think I don't hear a ton of people talk about, um, is the, the beginning of trying to lose weight, especially if you're somebody who is eating a lot of processed fats or a lot of sugars, um, or a lot of salt, if, even if you reduce it and you're replacing it with other things, like your body goes through some things. And I'm sure there's people that have more specific facts about what that is. I've never really sat down to learn too much about it, but like there's a lot that goes into that. So um, I try to keep that in mind. Also now, like I don't want to have to do that again. So I, I would much rather just kind of push through. But but even now, every once in a while, I'll be sitting on the couch and I'll be like, I'm starving. And then I'll 
retro count my calories and I'll be like, I only ate 1400 calories today. This is why you're starving because you actually didn't eat enough. Um, or like sometimes, and today is a perfect example. Like I'm very in tune with my body. So like Monday, Tuesday, we're, we're rock solid eating days, worked out, calorie deficit, doing great today. And, you know, I originally told my wife, oh, let's make shrimp tonight. And then I, I put the kibosh on it because I know myself personally. If I eat shrimp and rice tonight, I'm going to be starving because I'm hungry right now. It's the middle of the week. I just know how I am. So if there's ever a time for me to get controlled takeout, it's probably tonight. Something I enjoy, something within reason, you know, just because I know myself, I, it's the middle of the week, I'll be a little more full. And then, I, because otherwise, if I eat the shrimp, I know I'm just going to be starving later, I'm going to be starving tomorrow, you know what I mean? So it's really about kind of... And again, like I sometimes I think to myself, what well, I if I don't eat takeout tonight, I could probably weigh this on Friday, and that would help me get to my goal faster. And that's when I have to stop myself and say, is it really about getting to that number faster, or is it about staying at a number for a longer period of time? No, that's an excellent point. And I think what you're hitting on in there is, you know, there, there's a lot of great things in there that what you said, but I think one of the big things is like understanding the importance of quality of life and how you're feeling on this journey is, is as important, if not more important than the scale number. Like when we put the emphasis just on the scale numbers, when we get ourselves into those patterns where we can do some not great things that backfire, but when you are being conscious of, I have more energy, I feel better in these situations. I can do this and I couldn't do that before. Like when you're willing to allow yourself to look at other metrics it allows that positive feedback cycle to continue. Like, <coughs> excuse me. Like, yes, I did everything that I needed to do this week and the scale didn't behave the way I wanted it to. But one, I did everything that I needed to do this week. You know, like, so, so like you said, counting those wins. Two, I feel better than I have in a long time and I still feel good this week. So regardless of what the scale did this week, I did things that made me physically feel better, emotionally feel better, you know, all of those things. Like, being willing to understand that progress isn't just about one number is you know, so important. And, you know, I, I'll go back to also that idea that there, that weight loss is hard. Like, yes, especially in the beginning, like all of those things you were talking about, like, and that's why you have to be conscious of, you know, why am I making these changes and not just focus on, okay, this doesn't feel great right now. These couple of days don't feel great. So maybe I'm just doing something wrong or, you know, I've done something wrong, like all of that, like, but also being willing to understand there are times like you were talking about, like you were sitting down and you were hungry and you can look at your, you know, and realize that you have eaten all your food for the day. There are going to be times when you're losing weight that you're actually hungry. And it's not that maddening obsessive hunger, but I'm just a little bit hungry because I'm in a deficit. Like, yep. and I don't feel this way every day. And it's not, you know, it, it you know, it goes back to the idea of, of pet peeves. You know, the people that say eat this way and you'll never be hungry. You know, that was one of the big messages in the keto community when I, when I was first getting into it, you know, seven years ago, like eat keto and you'll never be hungry again. And I was like, well, no, I, I, I'm still hungry. So is there something wrong with me? Like it's when people make claims about things that just aren't accurate and then you buy into it. Like when someone says, you know, follow this plan and you'll never, you're never going to, you're going to lose all the weight you want and you're never, ever going to feel hungry. And then you're following that plan and you feel hungry. So you think there's something wrong with you. And it's like, well, no, maybe the, you know, like you were also talking about 
some foods affect us differently in terms of satiation. Like macronutrients are exactly the same. You know, sodium content is exactly the same. And I still, my body just responds differently to it. Like I know if I eat that, I'm going to feel full. If I eat that, I'm not going to feel great. Like being willing to figure that out for yourself can be a big part of it. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you if you do something you see someone else doing and don't have the same result. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a great example of that is, you know, I like fruit, but if I eat fruit, that does nothing for me. I mean, I've eaten a bowl of fruit in the afternoon and I don't feel, I still feel very hungry. So uh, I really don't eat as much fruit as I probably, fruit as I probably should because it just doesn't do it for me. Like, and I think that's something that, you know, you have to kind of understand. Like the reason I kind of shied away from the shrimp tonight is because I know every single time after I, and my, I mean, my wife feels the same way. Every time we have, you know, some sort of shrimp based meal, she's looking at me saying I'm hungry. And there have been times in the past where we've, you know, at eight o'clock at night ordered DoorDash and that just threw, not, not that it threw the whole day away, but it knocked me out of the deficit that I was trying to stay within. So that's why I even said to myself after lunch, I said, I'm, I can tell this is a day for me where I need to go, I need to go up to maintenance. Um, you know, I can't do deficit today because for whatever reason, you know, I need to do that. But, you know, that's why like a lot of people feel like, oh, you have to eat this or you have to eat that. And it's like, you have to be in tuned with like what works for you. Like, I think for me, like a lot of times you'll see me make certain food decisions during the day simply because I know how lethargic I'm going to feel if I eat that during the day. Like I know how that's going to make me feel. Maybe it doesn't make you feel that way. Like I know people that can have a burger and fries at lunch and go on with their day. But I remember when I used to work in New York City and we used to go out for client lunches and I'd get the big lunch. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything afterwards because I was completely knocked out. Um, same thing with, you know, eating at night when I know I'm going to the gym the next morning. There are certain things that I know I can't eat um, or I choose, I, and I can't, I choose not to eat because I would, I'm prioritizing my performance in the gym the next day. And I think the great thing too, talking about today specifically for you is like, you understand and have the consciousness, the mindfulness that the decisions you're going to make tonight are going to be things that set you up for a win in the long run. Like, so by not being in a deficit today, it, it'll have a positive impact. Like it's when people try to throw away their entire progress based on one day. You know, and you see that a lot. Like I made one decision at this meal that is something I feel like I shouldn't have done. So I've thrown my whole week away. So I might as well not care anymore. Like understanding there are going to be times where we make different decisions. And sometimes those decisions are, are for the right reasons. And sometimes we make them for the wrong reasons. But it doesn't define what we're doing going forward. It doesn't define the progress that we've made. It doesn't change any of the work that we've done. Like that, I think that's another human, you know, a human quality is to want to because you're doing something that you're not happy with sustaining when you go off, you want to throw everything away and you want to blame it on yourself and, and all of, you know, blame it on or blame it on the, the, you know, the quote unquote diet didn't work. Whereas instead it's like, well, maybe I was doing something that I should have been doing in the first place, or maybe my approach was something, you know, I was so fixated on being perfect that I didn't realize that if I eat, you know, there's 30 days in a month, if you're, you know, on law of averages, you're eating three meals a day. So that's 90 opportunities to eat during the month. If two of those opportunities don't fall in line with what your goals are, it doesn't mean that you've ruined a month. It doesn't mean that you've ruined yourself. Like, 
we're we're too fixated on those those moments that don't go quote unquote as planned instead of realizing all of the good things that we're doing every day anyway. I absolutely agree. That's why I have a note um, in my notepad on my phone. There's, you know, it's 10 things that I try to do every day, mm-hmm. you know, and it's basically, you know, wake up at a certain time. And the reason is because I know if I wake up at that time, I'll have enough energy to perform well in the gym, you know, so it's waking up, um, the gym, you know, type of breakfast I want to have, type of lunch I want to have, some sort of daily cardio just to make sure I'm moving besides um, outside of the gym, the takeout rule I mentioned, the no alcohol rule I mentioned, the no eating after dinner, you know, then there's some stretching that I need to do, and then in bed before, for me, it's 10 o'clock. And the point is not to get all 10 every single day. That's not reasonable. The point is, is that when I don't hit one of them, I can look at the list and say, well, I hit eight of them. Or I hit nine of them. So really, does it really matter that I didn't stretch today? Does it really matter that I had that bowl of potato chips, you know, after dinner? Well, I mean, everything else was checked off. So I think that that's very important. And, and also, I have a board in my office that, you know, I is divvied up into the boxes, you know, of the month. So there's, you know, four weeks and then the seven days of the week. And I'll write each day in, in different colors what I worked on in the gym, what kind of cardio I did. And if I was at a calorie deficit, calorie maintenance, or what I would call an exception meal. And then if I ever have a day where I'm like, oh, this really isn't going well. Like I look at the board and I'm like, you know what? Like, look at that board. Look how much green there is. Like that's workouts. Look how much purple that is. Like that's calorie deficit. Like you're fine. Like it's okay. And and, and the other thing I've, I've realized is like even if I go out to dinner and I have a big meal, like the that wasn't the problem the problem was was that once i have that meal then i go home and i eat more even when i'm not hungry so it's like if you have the meal and then that's it and you're done and you've contained it and you haven't let it spill into other aspects of your life like sometimes i would and i i this won't make sense to a lot of people but sometimes like the way the old me would be is if i knew i was going away this weekend like come like thursday wednesday or thursday i would just throw the whole week away because it's like, well, I'm going away this weekend, so what's the point? Of, and, and, like, and, and that's absurd. Like, that should be the exact opposite. Like, you should be more tuned in during the week. But that's just how I used to be. So now, when I look at, you know, I, when I go away on a trip, I don't look at, oh, how can I be this or how can I be that? I look at, well, this whole week I followed, you know, everything I wanted to follow. So that's a win. 100%. And I think having those metrics and those measures and those lists are the things that allow you to identify the good patterns and then also identify the patterns that aren't working. You know, like you have that list of 10 things you want to do every day. If there's two items on that list, like you come to the end of the week and you realize that those are the two things you haven't done all week, that's something to investigate, you know, but because you have that list, because you have those metrics, you're able to identify those patterns. You know, it's the same thing when I talk to someone about journaling, like journaling when things are good and journaling when things are challenging you know, allows you to say, well, you know, last week felt really good and I don't feel the same way this week. Let me see what were the things I was thinking about last week? What were the things I was doing? You know, and on the flip side, like you were also talking about, you know, you can look at your board and see all the things you were doing successfully. If you look at that board, you know, if you're disappointed in your 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 progress that week and you look at that board and see that, you know, 75% of the time you didn't do the things that you know that you should have been doing on a daily basis, it's unfair to expect yourself to see progress. Like it's not fair to put yourself in that place. Like but having the consciousness to be able to put those thoughts into place and to put those things in action, you know, is, is a huge win that every person could benefit from. 
Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Well, Kyle, we've been talking for a while, and I really appreciate you know all the topics we've gotten into so far. Is there anything, because I know there were things that you wanted to talk about, is there anything that we haven't gotten into yet that you wanted to, to cover while we were talking? No, I think we did a great job. You know, I appreciate the, the platform because I think what upsets me sometimes is just the how overwhelming it can be to lose weight and the just different, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, there's a lot of coaches that do really good and they do good and they're, they're great. And then there's a lot of coaches and a lot of programs that are crap. Um, and I think it kind of frustrates me sometimes because they it's hard to decipher the two. And I also think that sometimes I think I see programs out there that like they're designed almost to get you to lose weight fast. And then when you put it back on, you think to yourself, well, I got to go back on that program again. You know, um, like I think there was an old saying, like a cured patient is a lost customer or something like that. Like, um, so I think that, you know, that kind of upsets me sometimes. And I think also just like I said, I think the thing that people don't talk about is um, weight loss is very uncomfortable and it can be very difficult. And it's a and it's also a very, very long, almost never ending type of road. And if you're thinking that you can just do something for three months and be, you know, magically done, I, I don't think that's possible. Um, so I would just say that, you know, and I would just, that's what I would just say is just, um, as somebody who's done it twice now, and even though I lost a lot of weight the first time around, didn't really do it the correct way. Cause I didn't really didn't face a lot of my habits. I put myself on a plan that was probably too stringent. Um, and that fell apart when something, when my environment changed. So, you know, I would just say, figure out something to do, um, that you can do every day because it's better to do it every day and have it move slowly than to only be able to do it during certain times of the year and have it move quickly. And then you go in reverse, you know, when you're not in that time. 100%. And I'll go back there and throw into there like coaches and programs. If you're looking for a coach, you ha- you should be interviewing that person. Like if they're not open to you asking questions, especially the questions about the things that we've talked about in this episode, stay stay clear of that person. If one of the first things a coach, you know, during a first call doesn't say to you is my goal is for you not to need me anymore, then I'd be wary of that person. Like you said, like the really the idea, you know, of working with a coach is to get the help you need while you need it, not to become increasingly dependent, you know, not to become, not to get to a place where you feel like you can't do things on your, you know, if they're not giving you the tools you need to do it on your own, then they're not giving you what you're paying for. 100%. So Kyle, I end, well, before we get to the final questions, let's talk about this. If people do want to follow along with, you know, connect with you or follow along with what you're doing, man, where do they find you? Sure. So I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's pretty much the only social media platform I haven't given up on yet uh, on a personal level. Businesses, I mean, I'm, I'm in marketing, so there's a lot of value for businesses. But for myself, uh, it's just Instagram. So I'm at Kyle G. Picks. So that's Kyle G. P. I. C. S. as a picture. So Kyle G. Picks. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't do any, like I said, I'm in marketing. Um, I mean, I will say if you are running some sort of a, you know, weight loss brand, product, coaching, any stuff, stuff like that, and you think that, you know, you might need some sort of marketing advice or support, you can shoot me a message. Um, 
a lot of times I just had conversations with people. I steer them in the right direction at no cost um, just because I think it's it's a nice thing to do. Um, but if you're looking for somebody to do a little more, you can you can contact me as well. But really, I would just say for anybody that's out there that is trying to lose weight um, and is very overwhelmed or very confused, I would say if you have children um, and you think that that's getting in the way, uh, you know, feel free to message me. Uh, I mean, I'm not a coach. I don't have anything to sell you. I don't have a plan to give you. Um, but I am somebody without an agenda which can sometimes be helpful because I can tell you some of the things that I've done um, that might be helpful for you. So, you know, I would love to do that, you know, as a friend. Um, I post, you know, I post some stuff that I do in the gym. No, I'm not all of it, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's a good time there. So, like, at Kyle G. Picks on Instagram is, is the best place to, to follow me and, and reach out if you need something. I will definitely put a link to that in the show notes today. Kyle, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Yes. Okay, so question number one. Living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably a tie between uh, John Candy and Chris Farley. I, uh, I really wish those guys were still with us. Definitely, man, definitely. Question number two, Kyle. What is something about yourself that you love? I love my sense of humor, to be honest. I think it's helped a lot of people. Um, you know, I just I don't have a stand-up type of sense of humor. I just have a quick wit, uh, and I think that that's a lot of people enjoy that about me. Nice. Question number three, Kyle. We talked a lot about habits in this episode, so this question is appropriate. Thinking about the journey that you've been on, what has been the most important new habit that you've built? To use food as fuel more than using it as a coping mechanism so am i eating that so really just instead of living to eat eating to live mm -hmm. or at least having some sort of you know barrier there because there are a lot of times where i think to myself oh i'm bored so i'm going to eat and it's like well you're full like you you're in a calorie deficit but you're also full so the only reason you would eat right now is to fulfill your boredom so why are you doing that like if you're full and you've gotten everything you need for the day shouldn't be eating more, even if it's going to feel good. I like it, man. Question number four, Kyle. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Ooh, that's a good question because a lot of my goals these days are, are really around that. Um, I'm that's in the why market, I ask you know, That's why I ask it. You know, I'm in the market for a, a new job. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a marketing professional. And I'm looking for, you know, new opportunities. So I would say that's probably something I'm really focused on. And for me, to be honest, um, if I was able to help, you know, brands like yours um, or, or any type of, you know, worthy weight loss program, you know, gym or fitness program or product or something, if I was able to apply my 12 years of marketing experience to helping those type of brands, I think that would be pretty cool. Nice. I like it. And last question, last question of the main show, man. If you could go back to and talk to yourself in January, you know, when you were getting started, what is, is something you would tell yourself? I would definitely tell myself, get through the first three months and it will get easier. Um, but I would also say, make sure you stop and enjoy a few more of the wins. Because, you know, I started this year at 235. And I said, well, if I get to 225, I'll do something and I never did it 
And then I was like, well, if I get to 220, I'll do something. And I never did it. And then I said, if I get to 210, that would be 25 pounds for the year, I'll do something. And now I'm at 209, and I still haven't done anything. And I don't know, you know, part of it is like, I I don't know what to buy myself because I kind of have everything I need at this point. Um, and I've never been somebody who just, you know, frivolously buys things. Um, and sometimes it feels like rewarding weight loss with food can be a little counterproductive. Um, so, but I think that's the biggest thing. And so now in my mind, I'm like, well, at 205, I'll be down to 30. And I, I do know that when I get down below 200, that'll be a big deal. Because it's been a very, very, very long time since the scale started with a one for me. Um, but again, I would caution, like for some people out there, the scale should never be start with a one for you. Now it's just I should be in the ones because I'm five foot five. If you're six foot four, like that's you have to think about what is your one. So don't think oh I got to get down to one ninety nine because that's what Kyle's doing. Think about like he wants to get down to one ninety nine. I sh he wants the scale to start with one. I want that second number to be lower than a five. You know like something like that. Um, but I would—that's what I would say to myself. Is I would say, you know, enjoy those wins a little more because I've been doing it and it's been going well. But I think I probably could have stopped and maybe you know congratulated myself a little longer instead of just kind of keep going to the next one, going to the next one, going to the next one. I like it, man. Well, Kyle, a big thank you for everything that you brought to the show today. I know that people are going to benefit from it. So, just I truly appreciate your time and you sharing your experience. I appreciate you having me on. I think this was a great time. Uh, and uh, you know, like I said, if anybody wants to reach out, they know where to find me. Definitely, definitely. Kyle's contact information will be in the show notes. So you can click on that and get to him. If you want to connect with me, you know you can always find me at Gourmet Ghost Keto on Instagram and on Twitter slash X, whatever it is today. You can also email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Then, my friends, after you do all that, remember... Go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here in the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm -hmm.